Thank you for listening to Fearless LA. We believe that where love is greater, fear is less. Tune in today for a life-changing message from our lead pastor, Christy Johnson. So last week, we, we uh, is anyone here last week? We're in the series, Feed the Monster. And um, the monster is what? The flesh. The monster is the flesh, right? And, and what, what we talked about is Galatians 5, where there's the flesh and there's the spirit. When we're led by the spirit of God, we produce good things, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. We're led by the flesh. We produce things and habits and behaviors we're totally disgusted by. But every time we say yes to the flesh, whether it's our sin nature, whether it's envy, whether it's lust, whether it's slander, whether it's criticism, whether it's being selfish, whether it's being uh, dishonoring, whether we have trouble submitting to authority, whether whatever it may be, when we feed those things, we give in. How many know that it gets stronger? It doesn't get, it doesn't lose, it gets muscles, it gets stronger. And then sometimes we feel a little bit overpowered by these, these things in our life. And how many know we read that the scripture says that we are called to be free? Let me try that again. Let me try this side. The scripture says that we are called to be free. I don't have to live as a slave to my flesh and these behaviors and these things that I don't want to be, but I so get overcome by them. But God has given us the ability to rule over them. Every time we are led by the spirit, which is the truth of God's word, we become stronger in the spirit and we produce those things. How many know we produce? We will produce. What are you producing? What are you producing? What am I producing in my life? Does it, does it give honor to God? Does it produce fruit in my life? The fruit that he calls in the word of God? Or is it producing things in my life that I'm actually just destroyed by? It's destroyed us, right? It's destroyed families. The flesh has destroyed relationships. It's destroyed, it's destroyed our relationships with everyone around us. And it will destroy our dreams. It will destroy our future. It will destroy our calling, right? We got to get this under control. So this is what we do. We feed the monster, but we're going to stop doing that, right? We're going to stop feeding the monster called the flesh. We're going to start feeding the right thing. That is the spirit, man. I want to produce the things that look like Jesus. I want to look like Jesus. I want to imitate him. I want to be a shining light in the midst of darkness. I don't want to just say it. I want to be it. Come on. So we're going to get into this and today. Thank you, Ben. Um, we're going to get into this area called the angry monster. Turn to your neighbor and say, are you the angry monster? I want to deal with the obvious anger that we all have. I want to deal with anger that is hidden in our lives that, that really, really eats at us. It's like a cancer inside of ourselves that will eat away in our spirit, we will get bitter, we will get resentful, we will get offended. If we hold things in and we hide them, then it manifests itself. It manifests itself in, in physical sickness sometimes. We can, we can start cutting ourselves even. We can have anxiety disorders. We can deal with depression. We can deal with eating disorders because of it, because internally, 
We are not created to house this thing called anger and rage and frustration. So, so there's people that are very confrontational, right? They're overly confrontational, and they talk, and they talk, and talk, and they hurt people how they do it. And then there's other people that internalize these things and these feelings and the emotions in their heart, and we harbor them, and that's not healthy either. So let's navigate this. Let's talk about this, because I think this is something in our lives that we can identify with when I begin to speak. Are you ready, church? You ready for this? So we're going to talk about the triplets of anger. Oh, man. Anger has three people? Yeah. Anger is tripolar, huh? The first area is physical rage. Physical rage. Do you know behind anger, we have a lot of control issues? We have a lot of control issues. And, and anger is really the force behind these control issues. How far I have to do, go to get control of the situation to get to, to get to be heard for somebody to hear me out. And so I go to a place of, uh, of control and I try, I, I lash out and I hurt people. We th we're 30 years old. How many are 30? We, we're, we, we th there's not anybody else. We don't want to tell our age. <laughs> There's a lot of young people. Come on. We're throwing fits, church. We throw fits. We slam doors. We're slamming cabinets. We're kicking our heels at home, right? We're slamming the kitchen cabinets, and we're vacuuming the floors, and we're like, how dare he not vacuum when he said he was going to vacuum the floor, and he's not vacuuming, and he's not doing it, and he's not making the bed like I thought he was going to make the bed, and whatever with this pillow, <laughs> you know, we slam it against, and then, you know, makes it feel good. We feel good. Come on. It's not like, some of us aren't like we punch people. We like throw. We can throw down. Listen, we're crazy. You know that we learn from the environment that we're in. Yeah. We learn from the environment. Whatever was modeled for us, we imitate that behavior. Many kids and many of us, when we we're growing up, we didn't know how to process our anger. We didn't know how to process frustration. We don't know how to process rage. So the only way we know is to look at our example and what's modeled before us. And we do these things, right? Any parents in this room? We've done this in front of our kids or maybe your parents have done it in front of you. Who they chastise and punish for doing that same thing and we wonder. And our parents have wondered why we end up the way we have ended up because we are looking at a model of behavior and we have learned from the environment that we are in. My family is crazy with their verb. Their, uh, my family will speak out. We will talk loud. We sometimes scream at each other. We're, you know, we're not like we're not even mad sometimes. We'll just kind of yell at each other. We're sometimes abrasive with each other. We'll say some harsh words. Y'all looking at me like I've lost my mind. Y'all know good and well. Yeah, so our family, yeah, no perfect family, right? We talk to each other like we're just really blunt. We'll tell you like it is. We'll, we'll be really real. We're like overly real with each other. Any families like that? Yeah. Then... There's my husband's family. Oh, 
if y'all know Papa Jay, he's like the sweetest, he's like a bear. He's like a sweet, the sweetest grizzly bear I've ever seen and met. He, yeah, grizzly bears are usually mean. He's so sweet. And, and, and he, and this whole family is just so sweet and everybody's covers up for each other and they don't talk about anything and they don't say when they're frustrated with anything and they don't really let people know and everything is so beautiful and everything's so happy and loving and peaceful and kind and gentleness and self-control and everything is wonderful and, and i'll tell jeremy honey you gotta speak up you gotta tell him what you feel he goes oh no no we can't tell each other I can't do that with my family. I can't, I can't let him know. Like, you know, any family that, you know, you're introvert. We, we hold it in. We hide it in. And we do this. At Christmas time this past year, my family, we're open. I'm opening gifts. And, and we talk about what we think about them. Oh, my goodness. And my mom gets gifts from Home Goods. She gets them from Marshalls. She gets them from DJ Maxx. And sometimes you can get good stuff, but then there's sometimes you can get some really weird stuff, you know? And, and my parents, they'll get it, and I'll open it. I'll be like, Mom, I just don't like it. I don't like these socks. I, I don't like the hair bow. Why did you get me a bow? I'm 35 years old. I don't need a bow. You know, she'll get me weird things. And I'll be like, Mom, I'm going to return them. She's like, sure, honey, you can return them. It's no big deal. And, and I'll, like, go through her receipts, and I'll get the receipts, and I'll actually ask for them, and she'll give me the receipts, and I'll go and return my gifts from Christmas. Come on, somebody. And then we go to my husband's house, and he, and, you know, the... Christmas time, they all start. They say, let's tell the Christmas story together. Isn't it a beautiful thing? And then they all kind of come around. And they say, no, we have to start the fire first and start the fire. And then let's pray and seek the Lord. We're going to do it for 20 minutes. We're going to pray. Thank God for all that he's given us. We're going to pray. And then, and then I didn't know this, but they start passing out cards to each other. And each card has a, has a word of, uh, of knowledge and a word of prophetic word over you. And it has a, a, a encouragement all over the card. It's like two pages long, right? We're passing out the cards to everyone. And it's wonderful. And there's so much love. There's so much love. And, and, and then he opens the gift even this Christmas. And and he, he pulls out this tool set, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, he can't even nail a picture on my wall. Like, why is he getting a tool set? Is he ticked off? Like, I'm kind of ticked off for him. Like, what, you know, is he going to say something? Like, I'd be like, Mom, where's the receipt? Like, let's return it. And, and, and you know, he's like, oh, and I was thinking maybe it will inspire him. And the, the gift is dormant in his life right now, but the Holy Spirit, stir up the gift Stir up the handyman gift. The carpenter gift is in you, God. So maybe it's a subliminal message. So he, you know, he's pulling out the, 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 the tools. And I'm like, what is he going to do right now? He hates tools. And, you know, but, but his dad works at Ace Hardware. So he's getting a deal on him. So he wants to give his. So he opens it. And he's like, Dad, thank you. Um, the, true story. Thank you so much. I, I'm just kind of looking at him like. And he, he goes around the room, and he starts, you know, he's like hugging everyone. He's like, thank you, thank you. Any families do this, personal hugs. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> There's tears. The family goes around. 
you know, they're, 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 they're around a piano. The Johnson family loves Christmas carols. And so they start to, can we sing away in a manger? And they start singing away in the manger in full chorus. And they sing all the stanzas. Some of them are closing their eyes. Some of them are worshiping. You know, if I did Christmas carols around the piano at my house, it wouldn't be so spiritual. I, I don't know, can I just be real? It wouldn't be that way. Like they would start laughing. My, my brother would start making jokes. My dad would make jokes. Y'all know my dad, right? Oh, come on. Everyone would start farting and doing crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't be serious. So we got in our family and I'll jump up here. Me and Jeremy got married and he kind of lost track of time. It was Christmas Eve. He was like, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure out how to get her gifts. I haven't got her gifts, it's Christmas Eve. Well, I know what's open. He Googled it, he looked, and Yelp said, Kmart's open. So he goes to Kmart. He gets all the gifts. He gets my jeans from Kmart. He gets my, you know, I like Kmart, but there's some things Kmart doesn't do for you ladies, come on. You want your shirt and shoes that you like, you want your shirt and jeans, come on, talk to me. You know what I'm saying. Don't look at me like that. And I, I'm like, so I'm opening them. I'm like, honey, what did you get me? Uh, honey, you know this is not my style. This is not like what I, you know, the brand. What does Osmosis mean? What is that brand? I don't get that brand, you know? And, and, and I'm like, honey, I just, can you get the, me the receipts? Guys, it was like silent treatment to the nth degree. Christmas Eve and Christmas and my holidays were terrible, terrible. Everyone, yes. Um. Listen, we emulate what we have seen done in our behavior, in people's behavior. As we've grown up, we've seen this, and we've modeled after this. And, and this is the real thing. Many of us and many of our children, any parents in this room, we, 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 we have actually been somebody different here than we are at home. And so many people and many kids and us growing up, we didn't even want to go to church, right? Because who we saw here, who we saw here was totally different person than who was at home. And we did not see Jesus. We didn't see God in their behavior at all. So instead, we were repulsed by it instead of attracted to God. This is so important that we learn to break the wrong patterns, right? and adopt new patterns in our life. Because although our family was this way, how many know that's not an excuse to be that way today? Come on, is that, can I get a better amen to that? There's no excuse for us to be that way today. And the Bible says to be angry and sin not. Be angry and sin not. So I can have anger? I can actually have the emotion of anger? Yes. Yes, I, I don't have to just be like, it's just everything is bliss and everything is wonderful and everything is fabulous and there's nothing. Have you met anybody like that? Nothing is wrong. No, God is Savior. He's all on the throne. There's nothing I'm angry about. Who? What's anger? I've never felt anger before. <laughs> be angry, but sin not. We have an emotion called anger. Now, if you produce the fruit of the Spirit, what is it? Self-control. 
If I can control myself, then I can produce that fruit of the Spirit. But, but if I cannot control self, then I get to this place where I am uncontrollable in my anger. That becomes sin. God says you have to manage your emotions. My emotions cannot manage me. Anger. Be angry. Have the emotion, but don't sin. How many know God gave us emotions? He gave those to us. He said he breathed life into a living soul. And he, he made us aware of ourselves. Our feelings make us aware of ourselves. I, I know I'm sad if I'm crying. I know I'm happy if I'm laughing about it. And the Bible says he's touched by the feelings of your emotions. He's touched by the feeling of your emotions. Today, if you come in, you're hurting. He's touched by the feelings of your emotions. If you come in today and you feel abandoned by some people, he's touched by the feeling of your emotions. If you feel betrayed, if you feel offended and disappointed, he's touched by the feelings. You feel angry, you feel bitter, he's touched. He goes, I'm near to the brokenhearted and I'm close to those whose spirits are crushed. Oh, he feels it right now. He feels your pain. I feel like I'm hitting a striking chord right now. He, he's gone through everything that we've gone through and more on the cross. He knows our pain. He can empathize with us. He knows what we walk through. And he created these feelings called anger. But how, church, do I do this? Because it's so hard for us. It's so hard for me to, to not hurt people with my words and my actions. Be angry and sin not when I communicate with people. Isn't anger the force behind the point that I'm trying to make? But isn't the point bigger than the anger? The point is bigger than the anger. So I have so much anger that a lot of times anger becomes the point. And then our communication, we're wondering why people don't understand us. And people don't understand because really we're underneath angry people is the victim spirit. Is this okay, church? I just want to be real. Sometimes the word, if it gets right where it needs to go, it'll shut your mouth. Anger. And so, and so sometimes we communicate. We communicate the point, and, and the, there's so much anger behind that point that the point gets lost in the anger, right? So, so, so how can, if we don't need the anger, why do we need to communicate with the anger? If we can get our point across without the anger, why don't we just leave the anger behind? You might be right about the point, but because you've put so much anger behind it, people don't even hear what you're saying anymore, and all they hear is the hatred and the anger coming from your heart. Does that make sense, church? I just want to help you practically today. Maybe today's more of a teaching for us to understand how we speak. How do we uh, have this emotion and carry this emotion, not deny that we're angry, but don't sin. we got to manage this thing. We've got to love people still in our point. When we speak to people, we got to speak with self-control. we got to control our emotions. we got to speak with a sense of truth and combined with love. Love has to be the force behind the truth. Love has to be the force behind the point that we're trying to make. If we don't do that, Throw our hands up. You haven't gotten anywhere. Has anyone ever gotten anywhere with anger? Has it ever just fueled it, right? So there's physical rage. Then there's verbal. 
Verbal rage. Verbal rage is not just, I, I cursed you out, or I'm screaming at you. Verbal rage is tearing somebody down. It's stripping somebody down of, of who they are. It's stripping somebody down of their worth, stripping somebody down of their self-respect, stripping somebody of their dignity. Have we ever felt that before? Has anyone ever experienced that before? You know what hurts them, and we continue to hurt, or they know what hurts you, and they continue to hurt you and wound you. This, this, this will help us with our roommates. Come on, anyone have some roommates? This will help us with our roommates. So we're friends for life and not friends for five months. This will help us, help us with our marriages, our relationships, everyone around us. Verbal rage. I exposed my vulnerabilities. I was transparent. And in a moment I was transparent with you, you came back and exposed and used those things against me. Hurtful. We can, we can be powerful with our words, church. Our words can be so powerful. They are weapons. The Bible says they are, they are mass weapons. Uh, they, they, they are weapons of mass destruction. Wow. How's your words been? How's your, how's your words? The Bible says uh, uh, if you're wise, your words can breathe healing. It can bring healing to people. But guess what? The words of the reckless pierce like swords. Have anyone ever experienced somebody's words bringing healing to your life? If not, we need to do that a little bit more, right? Words that bring healing. Words that if we can wound deeply, we can heal deeply. If I can wound you deeply, the good news is I can heal you deeply. When I went through a miscarriage, I remember the healing that happened in my life, not just from the Lord, but do you know that your spouse can be an agent of healing in your life? Do you know that friendships can be an agent of healing in your life? Do you know people at work, you can be an agent of healing in their life? Do you know people that you go to school with, you can be an agent of healing in their life? I remember my husband bringing so much healing to me when he would say, you know what, you are going to have a baby. You're going to have kids, and you're going to be an awesome mom, and, and you're going to get through this. You're going to be stronger through this. Look, you're strong. You can make this. Come on, honey. Rise up. Come on. Wipe your you could do this. Like, just listen to the promises of God. Let me pray for you. Let me, let, me, let me pray for you. Encourage you. Come on. Doesn't that just do something in your spirit when you have those kind of people that don't just wound you, but those that heal you with their words? Words are powerful, church. Words are transformation. God. Words can do some things in people's life. They can turn people around. Whenever you're going through, there's hurting people. People are hurting. Turn to the right and left, they're hurting. And instead of using our words as weapons to pierce like swords, what if we used them to breathe life and encouragement into every soul? Come on, church, can you give God a praise? Is anyone good at expressing what's wrong with somebody rather than expressing what's right? I don't know if, if you're this way. You, you can think so many good things. You have like a million compliments inside of your head that you can think of, but, but we don't end up saying them. We have to push ourselves, church, to be verbal with the positive. We have to push ourselves to be verbal with encouragement. 
We have to push ourselves to be verbal with the good. We, why, why do we do this? Maybe because of what we've seen in our life, or maybe it's just because we have a sin nature. But we have to start expressing and verbalizing how amazing and how powerful our brothers and sisters are in Christ. We have to start seeing the greatness inside of each and every one of them and start going, I believe in you. You can do this. And this is a scripture that's powerful in James, James 3, 3 through 5. Y'all doing okay today? A bit in the mouth of a horse controls the whole horse. A small rudder on a huge ship in the hands of a skilled captain sets a course in the face of the strongest winds. A word out of your mouth may seem of no account, but it can accomplish nearly anything or what? Or what? Wow. So listen, this is, this is a horse bit. Anyone familiar with a horse bit? This is it. Nobody in LA are familiar with horse bits, obviously. Oh, two, a couple people. Like, put the horse up here. Now, a horse weighs, I looked it up, I don't really know this stuff, a thousand pounds, right? Look at this, how big this horse is. And, and this little bit, this bit, it talks about in the word, controls the entire horse. This little thing that weighs a pound controls everything the horse does. So if the person pulls this bit to the left, the horse has to go to the left. If he pulls it to the right, the, the, the horse has to move to the right. Guess what? If the bit moves this way and the horse wants to buck and go this way, the horse can't go this way. He has to go in the direction of the bit, right? It's just the way the rudder. I want you to show a ship. This is a huge ship. This weighs like 20,000 to 60,000 tons, right? Tons. And it says that a rudder controls the entire ship. Go to the rudder. This thing controls maybe one ton the entire ship. Wherever the cruise ship goes, whatever direction it goes, it's because the rudder went that way. Whatever direction this bit goes, it's because it was pulled that way. And the horse has to go in the direction that this bits go. In the same way, our tongue controls our entire life, controls everywhere we go. It controls if we go left here. It controls if we go right here. And many of us are confused why we're going this way because our tongue is going, I don't know if I'm going to be healed. I don't know if my family's going to be saved. I don't know if I'll ever get out of this financial poverty I'm in. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to reconcile with this person. I don't know if I'm going to do it. And then we wonder why our life isn't going this way it's because our mouth and our tongue is running this way and the bible says whatever you speak there you will go what are you going to do with your mouth this is the tongue this is the monster but can it bring life to you the bible says that your tongue is like we think this is a monster this is small right our tongue is small but it says it can destroy your life what you do, your calling, your future, how, you do, how do you speak over yourself? What is your self-talk? I'm going to have a terrible day today. What is your self-talk? The power of life and death is in what, church? My tongue. The Bible says it's like a flame of fire. Your tongue is like a flame of fire. 
It, it, it actually, a fire, you cannot reverse or control the damage that a fire does. In the same way, if your tongue is a flame of fire, you can't reverse or control the damage it does in somebody's life. The Bible says you will give account for every idle word that is spoken. Has anyone had a car that's an idol before? Nobody. Has that ever had a bad day with a car? Nelson's had an idle car. What does it do? It just kind of sits. It's kind of nothing. The Bible says we will... It's not moving. We'll give an account for every idle word that is spoken. Is my words, can we, can we just think right now? Is everything I say, does it push people? Does it pr propel people? Does it encourage people? Does it inspire people? Because I will give account for every idle word that is spoken. Wow. Wow. We got to get rid of this. And this last thing, this is the last thing. There's emotional rage. This is a result of finding, not finding a, a way to communicate what you're frustrated about. And so what do we do? We bottle it. Anyone like Coke cans? Shake it up. And then finally one day you just like explode on somebody. We, we, we don't talk about it. We don't know how to talk about it. We don't know how to do it in the right way. We're angry, so we shut down. And the problem with shutting down is, is that when there's a locked door, nothing good or bad comes out. So I have something good to give you. I have something life-giving to give you. I have some affection to give you. I have some love to give you. But I'm in lockdown emotionally, so I don't give anything out. You're like a shell, like a turtle. Turtle is threatened. What does he do? He jumps into his shell, right? Anybody done familiar with the silent treatment? <laughs> Any spouses? Very, very much experience the silent treatment. Honey, 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 well, you know, I'm going to talk to you. I want to, I want to just uh, clear it. I want to, yeah, I want to clear the air. It's just such tension in here. And I don't want the tension. I want to forgive. I want to release it. I want to do what God says. The truth says I need to forgive some more. Honey, speak, speak, speak. No, honey, 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 please, please, we need to talk. We need to work this out, right, church? We need to, we need to get this right. And we're like, shut down. We don't even, we, you know, we're looking outside the window. We put the window down. We stare. Right. We don't, we don't want to talk about it, right? We're shut down. Anger has to be managed, not muted. Anger has to be managed, not muted. When I hold it in, it's like a cancer. It's like a disease to my being because God hasn't created me to harbor. God's not created me to bottle. He's not created me to hold things in. Now, there's some things that we just need to go to God with. I'm not saying you need to talk to everybody about everything. That can, you need to go to God first, okay? Choose your battles. There's something you received because you filtered it through the wrong filters, Maybe you actually filtered it through rejection. Maybe you filtered the words through insecurity. So you actually read it wrong. So you need God to just heal that filter, right? Only God can do that. You can get angry about a lot of stuff. But we've got to start managing in a godly way these emotions that God has given us. And we're going to end with this story. All right, here, we're going to get a chance Actually, I want to give you this scripture because it's really powerful. Ecclesiastes 7.9 says, Be not quick in your spirit to become angry, 
For anger lodges in the heart of fools. Be not hasty. Be not quick to get angry. God is saying, stop, slow down. Why is this our first response to our, our, our person, the people we're, we're living with and the people we room with and the people we go to work with and the people surrounding us? Why is this our first response? Sometimes we don't even know the whole story and we responded in anger. And he says, slow down. Don't be so hasty and quick to get angry. Why? Because anger lodges in the heart of what? Anger lodges in the heart of a fool. So I am a fool if I let anger control me. I am a fool. I am acting foolish to let anger control me. Anger finds a fool's heart. Wow. It is so hard to get out heart issues because we justify. Heart issues always find a reason for why we are the way we are. It carries a license. I have a reason to be this way. I was abused. I have a reason to be this way. My parents went through a divorce. I have a reason to be this way. They cheated on me. I have a reason to be this way. When something carries a license, you cannot confiscate the weapon because it's been given a license. Let that just absorb in your spirit. When something carries a reason, you can't confiscate the weapon because you've given it a reason. How many know today I'm done with every excuse of why I am the way I am? I'm done with justifying why I am the way I am. I'm done putting reasons on it. And I want to get rid of these excuses because Jesus says, this is not the life I've paid on the cross for you to live. It's to live with this monster called anger and this monster called the flesh. You were lived to be free. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you were lived. You lived to be free. You were meant to be free. You were called to be free. Say that again. You were called to be free. Do you believe it? Turn it to your neighbor. Say it again. You were called to be free. Can we stand up? It says in Numbers 20. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock, and Moses said to them, Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. You know what? This is my last point. Anger kills its owner. Anger kills its owner. Moses died in the wilderness because of his anger problem. Was he anointed? Yes. Was he a leader? Yes. Was he gifted? Yes. Was he called by God? Yes. But there's a point where he got in a fight with the Hebrews and the Egyptians. He ended up murdering a man and he fled from the palace. And for 40 years, he delayed his assignment because of anger, because of anger. He was right about the point 
But when you're wrong about the method, you will delay your assignment for many years. Because anger will eventually kill its owner. It took him 40 years. It took him 40 years, church. Listen to this. This is powerful. Before he actually went to God and he could calm down enough to talk to God again. Then the burning bush experience happened. And then Jesus said, take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground. He took them off. He was changed by God. He went down, reassumed his assignment. And all of a sudden, you know, he was doing good, but things would overcome him. He would start feeling that anger come up. He goes, these are, these are your people, not my people. He would get mad. It, but he would overcome it. But there's one time where they were thirsty. They were complaining. There's a point of weakness. And, and, and he was tired. Anyone been tired? Be careful when you're tired. He was tired. And all of a sudden, it says he struck the rock. Jesus said, I want you to speak to the rock. But because he was so angry, he hit the rock. And when he hit the rock, the water came out. How can you go from the presence of God and be so angry? How can you even come from a place right here in the presence of God and still leave and be angry with one another? And for 120 years, God says, he was 120 years old. He says, you cannot enter into the promised land I gave you because anger has taken over your life. And he saw Canaan and he never entered into the promised land because listen, anger kills its owner. Anger will eat you up inside church. And Moses never went and get God to go after his assignment because of an anger issue. We gotta get this out. Anybody go wave? We gotta get this out. I'm ready today. Anyone ready? Thank you for listening. If you have something that you need prayer for, we would love to pray for you. Visit fearlessla.com slash fearless TV to fill out a prayer request or find more information about Fearless Church.